Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. to another episode of Ladies Who Launch on a Monday morning, a weirdly. Um, I think most people know we usually record these on Fridays, but here we are on Monday morning. We feel um, a little out of sorts today because we're recording on an off day, but uh, welcome back everyone. Hope everybody's having a great summer and uh, how's everything going, Dakota? Excellent. I am literally on the first real vacation of my life for the last two years. Um, so I'm very relaxed. Well, actually that's not true. I'm getting there. Uh, it takes, yeah. a, takes a little while for, uh, the, the vacation vibes to kick in sometimes, but you're going to rant about this today, right? Your, your rant, your okay. rant today is about entrepreneur holidays. Entrepreneur holidays. Yeah. So I think this rant is double-sided. Um, Part of it is me ranting at myself for for getting to the point where I haven't taken a a proper vacation in in two years. And then the other part is me ranting at myself again for not setting boundaries that then results in clients not to their own... uh, Like, it's not their fault. They just, you know, like, Dakota, we want to get work done. We want to work with you. But really, it's just around boundaries and not getting to this point. So I would say my rant is really just that as entrepreneurs, I feel like we get to a point, especially over the last year, where people have been afraid of work disappearing or the loss of work, where we kill ourselves and we work on the long weekends and stuff where like, we're supposed to be in the mountains, we're supposed to be turning off, but we don't. We just work. Um, and we, you know, we don't set up the proper supports for ourselves to be able to take a proper break. What I was really proud of myself for this time around is the company is currently um, looking for a full-time staffer, but we're taking our time. We're being really picky about it. And so right now, like I don't really have somebody that I can literally have cover for me. But what I did was frankly, I killed myself so that I could go on vacation, um, without having somebody cover for me, but, but that, so that everything's done. And what was interesting was I had some lessons of boundaries over the last week where clients, you know, they were excited, like excited for things. Like I'm not faulting them, you know, so they would call me and be like, Hey, so can you like do this next week? And I had to be like, no, but I had to be in my power to do that, to say, actually, no, like I would really love to do that, but I'm back, you know, on the 16th and I'll help you then kind of thing. Um, but it was, it was interesting. Like I definitely struggled with it and had crazy anxiety. Like, well, maybe I should just do it. (laughs) It's okay. It's just a couple hours or something like that, but no, you have to, you have to say no and you have to turn off. And this weekend I thought what was really interesting was I found it, um, quite hard to turn off and realize, okay, I'm on vacation. I even had a work event yesterday, but it was kind of like a fun work event. It was an event that I've done for four years. So it was pretty easy peasy. And it was a smaller, smaller scale version of the, of the normal event. So really it was just walking around, talking to people, reconnecting and getting social footage. 
So I actually just had quite a nice fun day, but I remember like getting home and having a glass of wine and just like struggling to unplug. Um, But this morning when I woke up, I was like, nope, I'm on vacation. I'm not touching work for the next week. I'm literally just going to spend time with my dog and at home and see some people that I haven't seen. And uh, I'm really excited about it. But what was so interesting to me was how long it took me to get there because of my sheer anxiety um, from walking away. And so my whole point and rant is don't let yourself get to that point. Take your weekends, take your evenings. There's going to be times, of course, where you have to work every now and again and quote hustle, you know, to get things done and to grow. But make smart decisions, you know, set yourself up for success. Make sure you're taking breaks in the evening, even if it's just a routine in the morning and before bed. And take your weekends off. Like even if you have a business where you have to work six days a week, make sure Sundays are yours. Because then when it comes time for vacation, you're not going to be totally burnt out um, and like resentful and pissed off. And you'll actually be ready to take a real proper break and maybe even go do something else that requires energy and not feel like you have to sleep the whole time to, to regain your strength and recharge your battery. Yeah. I think that's good advice. I, we all struggle with that. And I mean, it's funny because I used to struggle with that even when I was an employee and this sort of expectation that even as an employee, you had to sort of check in and, um, or check your email. Like I remember I was in India of all places and there was this expectation that based on how the, the, um, uh, payroll system worked, I had to look, like log in from India in order to get paid. And I was like, can't someone do this while I'm away? Like how ridiculous is this? But all those sorts of things. And then, I mean, that, I think we've talked about that. That was part of my journey, my journey as to why I became an entrepreneur. Cause I thought that was ridiculous that as an employee, I still had to check in while on holidays, but I think it's a learning for all of us. And it's, it's also an education. And I would say too, from the other side, I mean, you've talked about it from yours, but I think we as consultants and business owners have to better educate our clients and customers that while we love you and while we love working with you and doing things, um, you don't own us. And it's it's a tough conversation to have, but it's necessary because otherwise the lines between your your life and your work become very blurred and the expectations that clients put on us are unsustainable. You cannot you cannot continue to take last minute requests. You can't continue to take uh um, work that's outside of scope uh, from what the original contract was. And I think those of us that are just genu- genuinely um, nice and sort of affable people get taken advantage of a little bit in that. And I think um, it's been a, it's it's a learning for all of us that we do as both humans and entrepreneurs have a um, a right, and a, an obligation, honestly, to um, set clear boundaries and understandings of what we, we when we are and aren't available to our clients. And that when we're gone and we have vacation and a rightly deserved vacation, that uh, you can't email us unless literally your house is on fire. Um, but, I mean, it's another conversation for another show, but neither one of us work in sectors or work with clients in sectors that are 
super essential. Like we are not working with firefighters or police officers or like if something happens, we would have to drop everything. And I think sometimes clients may make it seem that that's necessary, but most of the time it's not. So I think that's just a good, especially now in the summer when everybody is trying to take those, take that time. I mean, um, we've got a few more weeks before school starts and um, then life becomes a, kind of becomes busier again for a lot of different reasons that um, yeah. it's, it's a good, it, it, it's a good time to sort of teach uh, clients and your staff or whomever that yeah. no, um, we deserve time off. You deserve time off. Uh, have a good time. See you yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a couple of other things to Alyssa's point as well, like obviously if you're a solo operation, um, kind of like, I'm, and I'm, I certainly am not, but I would say like the core of my team right now is a little skeleton crew just because we're, we're revamping a few things. But, you know, I, I made sure most, like all of my bases were covered before I was able to take this time. So essentially just planning ahead, making sure everything was done, making sure everybody had what they needed. So yeah, for those last minute requests, like I totally get it. But at the same time, like, if it's not dire and it's just like, so, you know, like, don't ask. <laughs> no. I mean, again, like no one's house is on fire. No one's curing cancer. No. Here, so let's just all take a step that like whatever needs to be posted on social or whatever um, yeah. comms plan needs to be done can certainly wait till next week. Or if you're a photographer and you have people wanting a photo shoot, surely it can wait till next week. But I mean, let's just all sort of put our, put our perspective here, but um but this leads into our main conversation for today and the fact of, and I sort of mentioned it, that I've always felt that September is the real new year. It's not January, it's September. It's always the time of the year when, I mean, when I was a kid, it was always exciting because it was like school shopping and new clothes and um, school starting. And it was like always this kind of cool, cool time. And, and even even when I was working um, as an employee, it was always kind of a bit of a reset because everyone was now back from holidays. Like the summer was always a bit chill in the office because everybody was away and you kind of were just on skeleton crew. And even as an entrepreneur, I've always sort of, summer's always been a bit of a a lull because again, holidays and, and things. So I always, September's always kind of like that time that we, that I've always looked forward to that like, okay, now we're back at it. And now it's like real life again. We've kind of had our summer to, play and relax and then okay now we have the last quarter of the year so let's sort of figure out what we're doing it's a bit of a reset you can wear your new clothes if you're if you're back at school it's all the new clothes and all that sort of stuff but and I love the fall that's always my thing I'm not a summer person never liked it so I'm always looking forward to like the cable knit sweaters and pumpkin spice lattes and like that's my jam so um, falls my thing. So for me, I always kind of get excited and sort of get a little, uh, my brain starts going in terms of all the, the new things that are coming out, new trends, new ideas, and what, how I can work with clients to sort of reset for the last quarter. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today in terms of looking ahead to, as we head into the fall and into September, what are some of the things on the, on our radar that, um, that we're kind of excited about um, different 
technologies or different changes to things that we're kind of excited about being able to integrate into our own businesses and with our clients. So I know Dakota has a few things. So I'm going to let her kick this off in terms of uh, some of the things, some of the cool things you're seeing and are excited about as we head into the last quarter. I just have to say that I share your sentiment of fall so much. I was was thinking about this the other day when it was really hot again last week in Calgary. And I was just like, this is kind of blasphemous because we don't get this hot weather, but this hot weather is like sticky, disgusting. There's smoke. It's terrible. And I just cannot wait for like the cool air to start. And now it's started like yesterday was kind of cold and I had all my windows open and I literally got like nostalgic for the falling leaves. And I was looking in my closet and I was like, thigh high boots. Yes. Um, and like, Oh, I can wear my jacket again that I love. And, I bought like a dress last week for fall. Anyways, I'm I'm gonna stop. But it's like seriously being in you've got mail and like with the fresh the fresh bouquet of of freshly sharpened pencils, like Meg Ryan. Oh, anyway. so good. Does anybody remember like in my dinner the, the pencil crayons? Like that was the biggest thing in back to in the school supplies with the, the Laurentian like double pack, the 24 pack of pencil crayons, and it was all crisp and and then the trapper keeper, like the the perfectly done binder, and it was all colored. You get to put stickers on it. Oh my god, it was the best. I'm in school now. I know. Um, anyway. Anyways. Well, we're about to school you on the <laughs> Get doing the wrench and crayons out. Oh. <laughs> All right. So um, it's interesting. Alyssa said that fall is such a reset because it couldn't be more true. I, I want to say that this is the time August, September, where I do a thorough reset with all of my clients. One would think that we don't start kind of planning for 2022 until December, but actually because it's kind of an arduous process, we usually start planning for it and having meetings around it now um, into September. And then we actually do the work before Christmas. And then hopefully we're in a good spot to kick off in January. So we are kind of already thinking about next year, which is why it's, it's great that we've got some intel into some things that are happening. So for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Dakota Kidby and I have my own social media marketing company called Social Centric and Company. And my area of expertise really is in the social media and digital marketing realm of things. So as far as one of the biggest trends I'm seeing right now, if if you are a small business or a solopreneur or somebody who's interested in becoming an influencer or a blogger or a content producer, I would say one of the biggest trends that's been kind of circumventing lately is video trends um, and the rise the rise and kind of fall honestly of TikTok and the the very big rise of Instagram video. So Instagram has gone from being um, a very visual based grid style platform where people would post a lot of photography to being very video heavy. Um, a lot of content that's performing super well on Instagram right now is, is all video based. So gone are the days where you could post a really compelling photo on your grid and it would get thousands of likes. Now what's getting thousands of likes and thousands and thousands of views is something called an Instagram reel. So reels are essentially Instagram's version of TikTok. Um, 
And the science behind creating them is super intricate and weird. So I am going to tell you guys today the five steps on how to make a reel that will potentially trend. So get your crayons out. Yes, pencil crayons, please. So if you're wondering how to make a reel, these five steps are going to help you. And then after we talk about this, um, I want to hear from Alyssa about her ideas. And then I want to dive into whether or not you should actually even be making reels. Because after I tell you how, some of you are probably going to be like, I don't want to do that. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yes, I'm one, of, I'm one of those people. That's me. Yes. So first of all, when reels first started to get popular, I have to admit, like as much as I love social and it's what I do every day, I also was like, are you kidding me? So I remember walking into my first time with a client being like, okay, we're going to try this new thing called reels and you're going to be my, my like guinea pig. And they were like, okay, sounds good. And this one particular client is super open to everything and she's amazing. And so we just kind of sat for two hours, got like, we were so hot and we were like taping these reels and honestly they, they were okay. But like, I then had to really refine how I do my reels because I wasn't doing it properly. But as social media people, um, like if, if you're a social media manager, or even if you're doing, you're using social media in your business, you have to realize that every couple of months, you're going to be learning something new and it's okay that you don't know how to do it, but you're going to have to learn. And you almost have to like look into webinars and tutorials or like hire somebody or get somebody that you know, who knows how to do them well to teach you. So this is kind of what happened. So I, I did my first reel and frankly, like it didn't really go anywhere, but essentially how reels work, um, is the first time you put a reel out Instagram is going to give you this weird grace period where you're going to look and it's going to have 15,000 or sorry, 15,000, my God, 1500 to like 3000 views. And you're going to be like, Holy crap, my reel got that many views, but that's just Instagram being like, Ooh, you did a reel. We're going to give you, you know, like we're going to fill your cup so that you do more because this is what the consumer wants. What you want to do with your reels is you want to research what's trending. So step one, go into your uh, reels on your channel. If it's for a specific client, make sure you're on their channel so that you can see which topics are trending within their sector. Look at the first like five to 10 and pay attention to the music. That is the trigger point with reels. Step two, you're going to find three or four reels that speak to you that you can translate into something for you or your client. And you're going to go ahead and save the music that's trending into your, into your uh, app. Then from there, you're going to sit down and draft out. <clears throat> so step three, sit down and draft out the type of reel you want to make, starting with your objective. So what's your objective? Are you selling something? Are you explaining something? Are you ranting about something? And what you'll want to do is you'll want to learn how to apply your specific piece of content to the same reel that other people are doing. So one that's taking uh, the world by storm right now is this like hand dance that oh, everybody yeah. Yeah. And literally like thousands of people have recreated this with various different like copy or whatever. And it's one where you don't talk. 
So what I would suggest is learn it, whether it's like that you're lip syncing something, whether it's that you're doing a dance, whether it's that you're actually talking and doing a voiceover for something. And then once you have that drafted out, you're going to open up your reel. You're going to go into your saved music. You're going to choose the music. You're then going to make your reel a 30 second reel just to make sure you have a little bit of extra time. 15 seconds I find isn't quite enough. Then you're literally going to tape frames. And so it's similar to Instagram stories in that sense. But what's great about reels is you'll tape one and then it'll automatically move you to be able to tape your second frame. And then at the end, you can go back, you can cut things, you can add text, you can preview it, and you've already got your music attached and your timing set. So from there, take your time. And step four is to do it in chunks. With reels, I find if you try to do one video all in one go, first of all, it's not as engaging. And when you do it in chunks, you could like do an outfit change. You could, <clears throat> you could do like, um, you could put a product in front of the camera and then take your hand away and have a totally different setting in the next frame. It just makes it more visually appealing and it's easier to work with. And then from there, my next piece of advice and the final piece of advice to make it really trend would be to make sure you're posting it at a time that your audience is online. So what you want to do is save the reel as a draft within your reels but also go back in, press the edit button and save it to your phone because sometimes Instagram deletes your drafts. So that last step is super important. And then wait for a time that your audience is online to post the reel. So if you do really well on Wednesdays at 9am and you only have time to tape your reel on a Sunday, make sure you're planning an hour to do all your content but then post it later by saving the drops. The only caveat to that is if you're using trending reels, make sure you're posting them minimum one to two weeks after you tape it so that it still trends. Otherwise it'll be, it, it just won't work. So making sure that you're not just like leaving it in your drops and posting it a month later, because then it probably won't really be trending anymore. So that in a nutshell is, <laughs> Alyssa's like, oh my God, uh, five very like amateur steps on how to make a reel um, and how to actually make it go somewhere. <laughs> okay. I have a few, few questions. Yes. Um, so I have fallen into the TikTok rabbit hole. I fully admit that like I'm addicted. It's ridiculous. Although, as you said, the bit of a downfall of TikTok. It, it, it is becoming problematic. TikTok has basically um, turned all of their reporting mechanisms into an AI instead of people. So there's tons of great creators and accounts that have been blocked and banned because of these like mass reporting bots that they have on TikTok. And so a lot of the good creators on TikTok are now just moving back to Instagram because TikTok's become I mean, and TikTok's owned by China. Like, it's a Chinese app. So, like, let's not pretend that TikTok is some bastion of, like, free thinking capitalism because it's a Chinese app. And so they've they've gone to this AI-based reporting structure. And so, like, all these um, bots are reporting good, good creators for nothing. So they're all moving back to Instagram. So here's my issue. Okay. Is that what makes TikTok great and addictive, Instagram does not have. Because 
the problem with Instagram that I find with reels is they're not on a, on a timeline algorithm. Like you can't scroll through reels. You have to go to your explore tab and then find reels there. Like you can't, at least I don't know how to do it. Like, so you have the accounts that you follow on your Instagram feed. So when you're scrolling through your feed, it's all static photos, like on your regular Instagram feed. So you have to go find reels. Like they don't come up in your feed. And so I haven't quite figured out, like, unless you have people on your, like that are following you that are going to come and find your reels, I haven't figured out the connective piece because there's no way, like Instagram hasn't connected your actual timeline feed to reels. Reels never show up in timeline feed, unless you're putting them in your feed and not as a reel. Like the whole thing seems so bizarre to me. And I get, yes, because people are just using their TikTok because all those hand dance and stuff, that's all TikTok. So people are just, people are just basically moving their TikTok um, videos to Instagram, but Instagram hasn't figured out how to actually connect your feed to your reels. Because then if you go to reels, you're just getting like a, an explore feed of reels. So you're not actually seeing people who you're following. You're just seeing people who are trending in reels. So am I wrong in that? Like, I don't really understand. Like Instagram yeah, hasn't that. caught up yet. No, but that's what they're trying to do. They're essentially trying to become better than TikTok. Uh, that's a really interesting argument though, in that if you are going to put all of that time and effort into reels. Alyssa raises a great point about the decision between TikTok and Instagram, because if you're going to use TikTok, she is correct in that you are going to see the people that you follow uh, versus Instagram. There is a specific news, news feed for reels. Like you literally just scroll over to the reels, but she is correct in that it's only showing strangers content. It's not showing the people that you actually follow. Whereas on TikTok, you're going to see the people that you follow and then some. Instagram is interesting right now in that I think they're dipping their, their hands into way too many things. So not only is it the like visual platform that we've come to know um, that has photos on the grid, it's also Instagram stories. It's also Instagram TV. It's also Reels. And so it's a lot. It's a lot of different functionalities in one app. I think each has its own purpose. Um, I will say that Reels though, like if I could compare TikTok and Reels, like they're, if I, if I could look at like a graph, like Reels are very quickly catching up with TikTok. And that is in part because people regurgitate their TikTok over to Instagram. As far as audience goes though, I would say the audiences are more or less the same with TikTok coming in at like a slightly younger audience. So just really, it depends on if you're going to put effort in and use one or the other, I would look to your audience and like who you're actually trying to reach in order to make a selection. And I would say that your stuff is going to be seen probably more often on TikTok, but to Alyssa's point as well, um, depending on like what you're posting and things, the, the guidelines and regulations are a lot less tight on Instagram right now. So it is a lot of work and for what? And so that kind of leads me into my next comment here. Um, and actually this is kind of an interesting question for Alyssa. So if you're trying to sell your client or you think you need to be on, need to be on Instagram, um, I would really suggest that you come up with a strategy as to why. Because 
reels are a lot of work. They probably take on average 15 to 30 minutes to tape per reel, unless you're really efficient at it. Um, the research that you have to do ahead of time takes a solid, like minimum 15 minutes. And then after you're done taping everything, you actually have to go in and edit it and put it together. So the whole thing you could argue is like an hour per reel. So if you're doing reels, I would say like the top industries that should be utilizing reels going into 2022 would be anything lifestyle focused, um, and beyond for sure. But really choosing which platform your audience is spending more time on is crucial. Um, if, you're, if your audience is a lot younger and you're really trying to engage with youth, like TikTok is, is money. Um, but if, if you're trying to engage with like a 25 to 35 audience as well as youth, then you kind of probably want to be on Instagram. And so my whole point is if you're going to put the effort in and to kind of answer some of Alyssa's questions, like it really comes down to audience, right? If you're doing this for your own personal entertainment, then really like whatever you like more. Um, if you want to see what your friends are doing, then for sure stick with TikTok. If you're interested in what strangers are doing and you want more variety, then Instagram is kind of your jam. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your questions. Yes and no. I mean, I, I am not... And, and I don't work with most of my clients that would be in that realm. And here, and, and here's my discussion point around that. And, um, my friend, Bridget Brown, if she's listening to this, hi Bridget. Uh, and I have had this conversation a few times in the fact of it's clear that, um, social media and particularly Instagram in this, in this discussion is most definitely trending towards being a transactional sales agent. Um, mm -hmm. Instagram and all social media in like five years, three years ago, were all about storytelling and it was about mm -hmm. sort of being uh, online and being visible and being able to tell your story. Whereas now it's very much becoming transactional and you need to have your little like shopping purse and it's swipe ups and all of this stuff. So we have had this conversation um, a few times, Bridget and I, about whether social media in its current form is actually relevant to B2B sales. So it has certainly become B2C, meaning business to consumer. And if you are a business to business business, um, like we are, like I'm a B2B agency, you're a B2B agency. Um, we, our clients are other businesses. We don't sell direct to consumers. We don't sell widgets. We don't sell whatever. So in the trending way of specifically Instagram, because they're the ones that have specifically come out and said that they are going sales focused. And that's partly why they're putting so much time and effort into reels and such is if you are a B2B business, mm -hmm. what is the purpose of your social media presence anymore? Like what is it necessary? Is it just to be there to show that you exist? Like what is the purpose? Yeah. Um, I follow a girl out of Australia and I will find her handle for you guys as I'm talking about this. Um, who does an excellent job of B2B. Uh, she does have some B2C stuff happening in the sense that she sells like guides and stuff. So, like she's got some passive income going, 
clearly with like her, you know, top 10 tips guide, whatever content calendar, that kind of stuff. But she spends a lot of time doing reels. Um, and they are primarily for businesses. So she'll pop on and do a 30 second reel, like five ways to get noticed on Instagram today. Um, five ways to make your reel more engaging, that kind of thing. And so her, her, uh, handle is sweeter social. She's huge in Australia. She has a massive following and I've actually chatted with her here and there on messenger And she has said to me that all of her business comes from Instagram. So if we actually look back to one of our former guests as well, Charmaine Jennings, Charmaine also offers up a lot of fantastic advice on her Instagram channel. Um, She's she's a specialist in the Instagram world. And I mean, she kind of told us that that's where she gets most of her business from anyway, or as well. So I would say those two girls are a really great example of how you can make Instagram work for you if you want to use Instagram for your business and how you would use Instagram, even if it is becoming more of a B2C uh, like sales style piece of social media, um, is by honestly like being an influencer, <laughs> being a voice, right? In in the realm, like specializing, being a leader in it. And, and really talking about it and giving as much advice as possible. The problem is, is that a lot of clients starting out when they don't have massive followings like that, they don't want to give away advice for free. It scares yeah. them. But that's what you kind of have to do in order to gain that notoriety. What's really interesting as well is I recently went through a rebrand process with my company. And what we came... I did a big brand discovery and we did like... A, we, we kind of looked at my tactics. And what we came out with was that social centric and co needed to have its own presence just to showcase that the company exists and and have to have a brand awareness and to show that we are a responsible company that actually exists in the real world and has reviews and people like working with us and so on and so forth. But where we were really going to get bang for our buck out of Instagram was I had to become a thought leader in that realm. So I'm literally like on the cusp of finishing my content marketing plan to become a little bit more like this sweeter social gal um, obviously she and I have completely different brand, a uh, completely different tone, totally different brand. Like mine's going to be probably a lot more comical and out of the box. It's going to be pretty reminiscent of like, um, so they said becoming a social manager would be fun kind of style. Um, but really another great Instagram account, by the way, if you follow, they, they told me social was going to like, but we'll put the, the, the links, the, the handles down below, but that's a great account. Cause it's freaking hysterical. Like it's all just these insider like rants about being a social media manager. It's really good. Melissa is like, it is definitely B2B. If you want to be the insider rant machine or the insider, like in info person on how things are done. So if you're going to use it as an educational tool, I would say that it, it's very relevant in the B2B environment. And you don't have to just look to LinkedIn. You can make it fun with Instagram. And I would, I personally prefer watching Instagram videos on business over going on Twitter or LinkedIn and reading about it. So that's my argument in that. I think it's still very relevant. Yeah, it's interesting because I I was having this conversation too because I struggled with this. And because my business is named after me because um, there's, if I ever told this story, there's two reasons or there's reasons why I did that because every big agency in the world is named after dudes like Helen Knowlton and um, like uh, 
Oh, I can't. Of course I can't think of them, but they're all named after dudes. Right. So I'm like, why wouldn't, I mean, I'm going to be a dude. Like, let's go. William Joseph, all those people. Right. Um, so I purposefully did that because it's like, I'm sorry, but if men can like name all this shit after themselves, I can certainly do that too. But because I had this bit of a revelation with myself too, I did a bit of a, a brand or, or a sort of walk, walk through kind of business thing with a friend of mine, Shelly Ann Frederick, who, um, has a, um, as an executive uh, leadership company um, business, she's awesome. Uh, and so she, I, I was a bit of a guinea pig for her because she was working on getting her certification. So we did a free session. And in walking through my comments about my business and all of that, I came to this realization at the end and it was sort of this like aha moment that Oprah always talks about where I came, I came to the realization that I am the product. It's me. I'm not selling a product. I am the product. My business is me. I am the face of my business. I am the one that you're working with. Like when you're working with ABC, you're working with me and I'm the product. And so that was a bit of a, of a shift for me because I'd always struggled with the fact that I never split my social media. Like I didn't create an ABC account and I didn't have a separate Alyssa Berry account because I already had a presence as myself. Like I already had a social media presence as Alyssa Berry. So I was like, why am I going to start from scratch at zero for ABC when I can utilize what I already have considering I'm the product. Um, so, cause that's always been an issue. Everyone's like, Oh, you don't have a separate. And it's like, no, because I'm, I'm the thought leader. I'm the business. And if I'm speaking, it's like, why am I going to like have an ABC account that's just regurgitating some like nonsense that I've already said. And especially because like, I'm the one that's doing the speaking events and I'm the one that gets hired. And so, yes, I'm the face of the company. And like you were just saying in terms of creating um, a separate uh, Dakota brand as the thought leader for your business, it's like, I already did that. I just like joined them. And I know it was like when I first started six years ago, it was like this big, everyone was like, Oh, you're like, not, you're not having a business account. I'm like, no, it's me. Like, why would I bother? And so as you grow, I will still keep my channels. And I mean, maybe eventually, like I will consider like creating a separate account, but realistically, I don't think it's beneficial. Like, and I mean, again, everybody thinks about these things differently, but, um, if I am the product and I'm the face, I'm like, why am I going to go create some random faceless business account? where I'm just going to talk on that too. So and that's a point. Yeah. Like I, I think in the past, it's, you know, it's twice the amount of work. And then like, I maybe will create something as a, like, as you said, like as a, as a branding thing where I may have other people come on and have a channel for like kind of a whatever. I mean, we, we have a, ladies who launch Instagram channel that we kind of suck at right now because we're busy in our own world. So it's like, I couldn't think of even like starting another thing. It's just, I think we get too caught up in the fact of like, Oh my God, this is the trend and I need to have, I need to have an account for this. Or if I have several businesses and maybe I'm like a fitness trainer, but I also do, um, comms or like I'm a yoga instructor and I do comms and it's like, Oh, I need a yoga. I need, no, you don't. And I think that's partly what my, my, one of my trends was going to be in terms of what I am trying to do for myself. And what I'm trying to coach my clients in is, is simplification. Like this whole notion that you need to be like managing like four 
social media accounts or you need to be like visible in, in multiple different things. It's like, no, simplify, especially like as a small business, it's like, you don't need to be trying to manage all these separate identities. It's like, go with it. And that all comes down to automation too. And I think that's one area that I really struggle in. And um, I struggle with coaching my clients and how to automate things, how to not be like being able to, to contract out things. Like, I mean, do I need to be managing my inbox? Probably not. I probably could have a virtual assistant to do those sorts of things or to be responding to basic emails or, but I don't. Um, and same with like, you can automate your social and like spend some money and get a social um, scheduling platform or whatever. I think we as business people, and it's, I, I think it's a frustration we all have because everything adds up. Like we are all just drowning in software fees oh like for everything. You have to pay for your Google business now. And then that, mine's doubled, which is ridiculous. Like my Google business, it's the same thing, but now I'm paying like $50 a month instead of eight. Um, and our websites we have to pay for and um, all of the things that we, and, and accounting software and all the things that we have to, like all these and so it's like when you start talking to people about automating their their business and making their lives easier in terms of how much can they like automate automate your contracts being sent out automate your invoicing automate your um auto replies from your email like if you get if you have an info at email on your website it's like have a quick auto email that says thanks for um, sending us an email, we'll get back to you right away. Like all those things, you can even do shortcuts in Instagram now where you can, if people are, if you get a ton of DMs um, in your, in your, on your Instagram, you can create shortcuts to just press a thing and be like, thanks for inquiring. Here's our prices. Like if people are always asking you about your prices, I just think um, it is 2021. And I think so many of us are still doing things with our Laurentian pencil crayons and our um, number four pencils uh, that, we probably could be automating and um, I'm really terrible at adapting to those sorts of things. So I know it's a, it's a, it's a process for me to get to that place where I feel comfortable, like with having other people managing things for me or to being sending out automated um, contracts and automated invoicing and scope of work documents and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, it's like, if I want to grow my business, I have to stop spending time on those sorts of things. So I think from a small business perspective, like um, moving forward, you sort of got to reset and like looking at September, if we're going to like being the new year, like look at what you're doing on a day-to-day basis in your business and what things can you get rid of? Um, Because if you're spending more than half your time on admin or emails or like responding to DMs or blah, blah, blah. If that's preventing you from like getting new work or getting finishing, completing your current work, then look at ways that those, those things have to go. Um, Whether it's a virtual assistant or whether they get automated responses, I don't know, but it's, it, 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 it's something we all have to deal with as a growing business. And the fact that maybe we all can't be super hands-on like we thought we could be in the beginning. We have to be. Like, I think Alyssa's always preached the idea of working smarter and not harder. And that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And I do point out too, that like this idea that you have to be on everything has never been a thing and it shouldn't be a thing. 
and you shouldn't be everywhere. Like to my point earlier about where is your audience if you're choosing TikTok over Instagram? Well, who are you trying to talk to? Who are you trying to sell things to? What are you trying to do? What's your objective? Um, you don't have to be on both. You should be picking one. If it makes sense for you to be on both, great. But in no world do you need to be on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Yeah. Like no. I can't imagine a bigger nightmare. Does anybody <laughs> need to be on Facebook anymore at all? Let's just have that discussion about like, what is Facebook anymore? Like, I don't even know. I only have an account still is because you have to have a personal account to manage. Um, I think, yeah. Again, what, if he has a business account, what is the point? Like, I just automate my Instagram post to Facebook just to, like, I guess, prove that I have a business. But, like, what is the point anymore of any of this? Well, I don't think that Facebook is what it once was in the sense that I would almost stop those automations, Alyssa, because they're probably a giant waste of time. And as we've discussed in the past, um, regurgitating content onto the same channel looks lazy. So let's stop that right now. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm like cracking my whip on you. But, but I'm it. This. come on now. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think you have to just think about Facebook as a different kind of medium right now. I would say Facebook needs to exist so that you can do ad campaigns. First of all, it needs to exist for you to have a business manager around the, the multiple pages that you may manage. If you have a business, um, then you'll want to have a business manager as well as you're going to have your business page. I, I would say the bigger piece though is to have your business manager set up so that you're not having to give access to your personal page and to just have that central hub um, just from a security standpoint to make sure that none of like it's 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 not as easy to hack into a business manager. But Facebook does need to exist because if you're gonna be running Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns, you're gonna be doing that with Facebook. Facebook also needs to exist because the event, the event function of Facebook is actually still very applicable. It's still a really good tool. Uh, Facebook will ping you if you're nearby an event that you might be interested in based off of your previous event attendance. Um, so like that's still a really good tool. I still firmly believe that Facebook is almost a secondary website where people are going to review your work. Um, they're going to do that on both Google and Facebook. And if you have your algorithm in the back of your website set up properly to pull uh, reviews, which is a very easy and simple thing to do, and I can totally include a link in our show notes, um, you can literally ask people to specifically review you on Facebook and Google will automatically pull those reviews onto Google. So there are still some really good interfaces and tactics that we can use with Facebook that are really helpful. But I would say that moving forward, we need to think of Facebook as a hub to do other things, as well as a secondary website where people can go to see what we do, how we do it, and how well we do it. Um, but as far as like posting on there every day, unless you already have that going for you, I wouldn't worry about putting too much effort into that. Um, unless you want to start doing like video, right? Um, but no, I would say that like Facebook stories are a total like fail. Yeah. For total fail. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, think of it as a secondary touch point and website where people are going to go learn more about you. It's a place for them. It's almost like another Google listing. Um, and it's just a brand awareness piece really. And it's a hub to do other things. 
But other than that, stop your regurgitation of posts. Don't worry about it too terribly much and focus your efforts into the stuff that's actually being paid attention to right now. Yeah. Well, as we we wrap up here, I think if, if people have questions or you're looking to reset uh, your business, uh, send us an email. We'll have our email in the show notes and our Instagram is uh, ladies who launch pod. Send us a DM. We're happy to answer questions or if you have some good tips that you've learned in your business that you'd like to share, um, send us those as well. We will um, probably use them in another episode as we talk about, because I mean, there'll be a phase two and three and 10 of this conversation because this area uh, changes so much, but um but enjoy your holidays if everybody's got a couple of weeks off still before school starts and all those things. And then take the time to sit down in this sort of slower time of the end of August to really um, get yourself set up for this into the fall, into the last quarter of, of 2021, because it'll set you up really well as you head into the new year. Um, and uh, look at it as, as, yeah, look at September is the new January. I mean, it is. It's just where we all rethink, set your um, resolutions for September instead of January and um, you'll, your business will be better for it. Anyway, um, we will catch you in a couple of weeks on the next episode of Ladies Who Launch. But uh, again, uh, reach out and uh, uh, we are happy to, uh, to help anybody who needs, um, has questions on this. But uh, anyway, have a good week. Have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 